This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, Innovations in Enrollment Management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com. Uh, where is the best leverage in your admissions department, and how do we make best use of the resources? That's really kind of the broad topic. And uh, we're going to be sharing some research that had been uncovered from LEAD360, as well as um, insights that uh, Greg and I have uncovered through our work with uh, gosh, well over 500 schools over the last nearly 10 years. Okay. So um, what we have here, folks, is uh, a sharing of best practices based on the higher education industry as a, um, as a total. And what we found is that proprietary schools are far more efficient in their enrollment management. Um, we've had one question already about uh, the difference between uh, proprietary schools and not-for-profit schools. So for those of you who are um, on the not-for-profit side that are listening in, uh, think of this as a, uh, a primer for your recruiters, your field marketers, and your frontline admissions people, not so much your technical admissions people. So keep that in mind as we move through this. This uh, call is, however, um, geared primarily for those in the proprietary school sector. Okay, so what we'd like to start with is we'd like to talk about um, some fantastic research that was done by Martin Lind of Leeds 360. Now, Leeds 360 is a fantastic company. Shane and I have vetted many, many software companies that oversee the uh, enrollment management, relationship management piece in education, and far and away, in our view, the best uh, uh, company that we've run across is uh, Leeds 360. So, Martin, your company has done some real groundbreaking research uh, in this area, and around how admissions reps typically spend their day. Do you, do you care to go and touch on that? Sure. Uh, yeah, also, uh, first of all, so let me say hello and thank you all for attending. Uh, my name is Martin Lind. I'm, I run the education vertical at Leeds 360. And uh, to, using one of Greg and Shane's terms, let me quickly pump enrollment resources tires. Um, I will say, if you guys don't know about them, if you came to this uh, webinar from uh, another source, um, Enrollment Resources has a spectacular reputation, and not only do we love their uh, work and uh, their attitude and their findings, but we all, more importantly, their clients love them. Um, they have, uh, they're they such a great reputation in the industry, and um, every client we have in common, and there are probably dozens, um, absolutely speaks, adores them. So. Enough of that. Um, yeah, so Leads360, we did a bunch of research. We're software as a service, which means that all the data we have, uh, all our clients' data is centrally hosted in our system, which allows us to anonymize it and do research. So uh, this is qualitative data taken from hundreds, I'm sorry, over 100 schools, and then we anonymize it and randomize it um, and do studies. So the first thing we found was, um, and Greg, we're talking about the typical reps day here? Yes, sir. So yeah. we look at, yeah. So, so we as look, people are on the call, Martin, they can start to say, oh, okay, how are my people comparing to the average? Yeah, so we looked at, you know, we looked at schools using our dialer, 
because we wanted to really focus on schools that use a lot of phone, and obviously that's a big difference between traditional schools and uh, non-traditional schools is the less traditional you are, the more time your reps are spending on the phone trying to reach out to students. So we looked at uh, a sampling of about 30 students, 30 schools that are using our dialer product um, uh, within our enrollment management software, or I should say, and our enrollment management software. And the most interesting thing, you know, so about seven and a quarter hours per day were accounted for in our system, and we looked at about three million calls. What's really interesting is that only about 35% of the day are spent on the phone, which is less than most proprietary schools probably think. Um, more in the morning, about 26 minutes per hour are spent on the phone in the morning, and less in the afternoon uh, when things slow down, both because there are probably fewer increases than the day before and also because people are, are a little more tired. It's the post-lunch afternoon uh, coma sets in. Um, and uh, that was, I think, the most interesting finding of our research. Okay, cool. Now, Shane, we have, have some aggregate research around um, our mystery shop work, and um, we've, we've got some really interesting findings around just some, some I guess you would call it, um, uh, qualitative research uh, that I'll just touch on, and I'd like you to speak to it, please. Um, what we found with an aggregate of about 700 mystery shops um, is that the average response time uh, to an Internet inquiry is about a day and a half, and that, in fact, 40% of admissions reps do not respond to an Internet inquiry, period. We found that about 33% uh, when somebody phones in, about 33% of uh, the admissions reps who engage these folks do not ask them to come in for an interview or a tour. Uh, we found that, in fact, 40% do not ask for a special phone number so they can pr pursue in advance the phone call. Uh, we found that virtually nobody in the admissions side will engage and invite people to to come in a nurture program. Um, so we've always found these, these findings, Shane, to be kind of almost uh, unbelievable in a way. Do, do you care to comment? Yeah, I do, Greg. It's, <clears throat> I take it to mean two things. And one, in terms of execution on what you know, pretty much everybody knows they should be doing, there's still spotty execution. And I think we found it's 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 trended better over the years. Like certainly the mystery shop results in 2012 are better than they were in 2004. But there's still tons of opportunity just to improve on the basics, right? Everyone knows that you're supposed to respond to internet leads right away. That's you know that is well established fact. Uh, not asking for a tour, not asking for a phone number. Um, not responding to internet leads, those are just horrendous practices that any leader in admissions knows aren't acceptable. And so I take it to mean that there's still not adequate monitoring and training of staff to make sure that things that we all know should be being done are done. Speaking to Martin's, the kind of typical rep's day, we operate in a nine-to-five paradigm most schools have have expectations that their reps are going to handle everything front to back. 
right? So they're going to they're going to make the phone calls, they're going to book the appointments for themselves, they're going to conduct the appointments, they're going to enroll the student. And then many schools also have an expectation that the rep is going to kind of keep in touch with that student from time of enrollment to time of start. So yeah, there's so a that's pretty a good broad point. that's a good point, Shane. We're going to go and uh, get into how that might look differently a little bit mm-hmm. deeper into our talk. Um, what are your thoughts on on the the, the existing situation in terms of uh, you and I have always spoke about the most important metric about the um, tours per day or the interviews per day per rep. Could you comment on that for a moment? Yeah, I sure can. I think our, our belief is that when you look at the highest value work that an admissions rep does, it is engaging with the prospect. That's what reps are typically good at. They have high like strong interpersonal skills, good communication skills, and being in front of prospects is the highest and best use of their time. And so in in prepping for this talk and looking at what currently exists, for the most part, the same system now that existed 10 years ago currently exists, which is not necessarily built around helping that rep make the highest and best use of their time. And so if you're, the, the rhetorical question maybe you can ask yourself on the, for those on the call is, are we doing things that help or hurt getting our reps in front of more people? So, Shane, if we can take uh, uh, a, a, an admissions rep that has, say, two uh, interviews per day on average and improve that metric to three interviews per day, it stands to reason that if you can hold your uh, your conversion rate, that that's a 50% lift in revenue for that rep. Absolutely. And when you look at, at kind of training, you know, most effort uh, on admissions improvement is around persuasion, improving persuasion, how to be a better, you know, per- persuader of prospects. And when you, but when you're, you know, look at the math, Two to three tours a day on average, and, and reps are really, we're probably averaging more like one tour a day. That's what the data was telling us when we looked at this. But, you know, let's say you're exceptional, you're doing two a day. Two to three a day is 50% improvement in performance. If you're converting, say, 40% of tours to an enrollment, and you, boy, you, you learn all the secret things to do to persuade people to do stuff, and you get that to 50%, that's only a, a 20% improvement overall in, in the results you're getting. So, okay, our, so I think our what, we're going to be doing, what we're going to be doing now then is we're going to be moving away from that and we're going to be talking about um, processes that people can undertake, admissions reps can undertake or recruiters um, where they don't necessarily need to have any additional skill. This is really some process improvement that can be made at the management level to improve performance on lead conversion. And so what we're going to do here is move right into, okay, we we have a sense of where reality is at now, you guys. Now we're going to talk about um, what uh, what best practice could look at and look like. And so first what we're going to do is we're going to look at some, I guess, macroeconomic issues here 
basically we're going to look at time of day, time of week, this kind of thing. So let's review some of this research. It's fascinating. Um, let's start with Martin. Martin, sure. you've done some research on um, what is the best time of the day to be calling based on your research and what is the best time of the week to be calling. And uh, you're going to speak to that, and then, Shane, I'm going to have you talk to what Martin has to say. Go ahead, Great. Mr. Martin. Sure. Uh, so looking at, uh, you know, just some uh, after Center, kind of like a Lead 360 101, we're, as an enrollment management system, our, our, the enrollment team, the admissions team is living in our system and dispositioning inquiries and as they move through the enrollment funnel. So we get to see how they're doing, we get to see when they're doing it, and we get to see the, the calls associated with it. So we looked at the time of day and which ones result in a contact, and we looked at which ones result in longer phone conversations with the assumption that longer phone conversations mean better phone conversations. Um, and it turns out that we looked from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., um, almost through the entire day, there's about a 4% chance of your phone call resulting in a contact, which means not an answering machine, but actually getting a human being on the phone. So four out of every 100 calls are going to be contacting a human being. But when you get to 6 o'clock, it gets about 5%. At 7 p.m., it's almost 6%. And at 8 p.m., it's over 9%. So nine, over more than nine, in ten, 9 out of every 10 Con I'm sorry, 9 of every 100 contact attempts at 8 p.m. are going to result in a contact. Secondly, for the time of day, we found that the um, conversations are actually more valuable. They're longer uh, at the end of the day. So roughly, um, there's, because every single phone call you have has to have some time where the phone is ringing and you know there's a connection time. But the conversations go up dramatically um, as far as minutes per call at about 7 p.m. So the minute, average minutes per call, so when you factor in a lot of calls you're going to answer machines and no answers, are about one and a half, um, or a little over one minute a day, one minute an hour, um, uh, per call. But okay, at Mark, 7 yeah. So, that's, so in terms of the, um, the, what are the best days of the week to be calling? Okay, so it's more days. Days that we looked at the same information days of the week. About Monday through Saturday, it's about four percent likelihood of every phone call you're making connecting. On Sunday, it's about nine percent. So Sunday and after eight are the highest by a uh, by a uh, almost a factor of two, more than a factor of two. So Shane, that's fa that's fascinating to me because now, now Shane, I, I think some people on the call might say. Well, geez, if I'm calling at 8 o'clock at night or if I'm calling on Sunday, those are like non-optimal times to be talking to people. I might get hung up on and stuff. But I guess, Shane, the, the research uh, bears out differently, doesn't it? Well, it does because when we were analyzing this to prep for the talk, that, you know, that came up and then what Martin's team was able to uncover is that the length of the phone calls on average is longer. And so we took that to be an indicator that they're meaningful conversations. Wow, that's, that's not, amazing. Yeah, it is. And so this was, like, this was really striking because if you go back to what a typical reps day, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, right? What this research is saying is that Sunday is the best day to do phone work. 
you have you are more than twice as likely to connect with the prospect on Sunday than you are any other day of the week. So in terms of return on effort, right? The return on yes. that person who's doing the phoning, you're going to get twice the return on that effort on Sunday than any other day. Almost nobody works Sundays. Further, nine to five. You know, we all typically work nine to five. What Martin's research is saying is that between six and eight, say, or six and nine, you it you have improving performance each hour going from the low of 4 at 5 o'clock to the high of 9, 9% at, uh, at between 8 and 9. And so you're almost, you know, as an average, you're almost twice as likely to be making contact with prospects and have longer phone conversations with them between 5 and, and uh, 8 or 9 than you are 9 to 5. Now, so just to what review, do it's, sorry, it's, it's just to review, it's absolutely crucial folks to be reaching out on the phone um, because education is a um, large-ticket intangible product, and all large-ticket intangibles need guidance and need a, uh, a high-quality synchronous exchange. Popping emails back and forward is an asynchronous exchange. It's very weak communication. It doesn't serve the prospective student to give them the information they need to make proper decisions. And really, I guess, Shane, what you're saying is, is that in order to have those interviews, you need to engage people on the phone. And if you look at it logically, what, what are the best hours of operation for an admissions rep? Well, that's it. The ideal work week is Sunday to Thursday. And the ideal work time would be, you know, noon to eight or one to nine, something like so, that. So, but it gets really uh, now. You have a really interesting insight, which we won't speak to now. We'll speak to it at the end of the uh, the talk about uh, how to allocate your human resources. Um, but we so we have an idea around how to make that happen um, without mm-hmm. upsetting your culture of your organization. Um, let's move on. Let's talk uh, about. Uh, the internet, and let's talk about how to take I- internet leads and and migrate those people into a uh, into a, a meaningful phone call. So, hey, Greg, can can we just j- jump back? Because there's one thing I we I, we didn't touch on that, that supports your. It's important to have telephone conversations. Message. Yeah, fire away, Shane. Okay. There was one piece of research, and in, in Martin, it was from. Who, uh, can you, do you remember who it was from? It was that chart. Oh, Eduventures. Yeah, Eduventures. So these guys had looked at what has the highest credibility and the highest um, influence on prospects, and looked at a number of things, and you know looked at advertising, social media, website, all ton of stuff. And the thing that had the most, the, the thing that had the second most both influence and credibility with prospects was meeting with an admissions advisor. The thing that had the absolute most um, credibility and influence with a prospect was meeting with a, a faculty member. More than social media, more than any marketing you do, engaging with a real person at your school is the highest value activity in the whole enrollment management kind of chain. That's the argument 
for phone calls being super important is a path to get them into your campus. That's the, the most important activity in this whole machine. Sorry, Greg. No, no, that's, uh, that's, that's an insight that people will often overlook is they, the, um, how important uh, the interview process with the admissions rep is. Really, it's the, it's the crux of uh, uh, the whole enrollment management um, continuum. You know, so, one thing... One, go ahead, Martin. I just, I just want to add one thing. You know, one of the things our research found was that inquiries who get interviewed on the same note, inter inquiries who get interviewed are four times more likely to enroll than those that don't get interviewed. Okay. Got it. So now just to do a check-in, we are running behind our scheduled time, folks, on this call, and I think we're going to make a decision to go over time because we have a lot of important information to share here. Um, what I want to do is move now to the best uh, return uh, around Internet leads. So as we spoke to earlier, um, you know, the, the response to Internet leads are really poor, and and as Shane often says, the internet is not going away. It's not going to disappear. It is becoming the the uh, medium of choice, the the communication vehicle of choice, or the the entry point, if you will. And we find again the admissions reps. Uh, the lag time is horrendous. We find that um, forty percent of admissions reps don't even bother responding to email inquiries, even if we leave a phone number. Yet, Martin, you have some fantastic, well, it's intriguing research about, as Shane says, how Internet leads really have the, the, the life of a fruit fly. Um, talk about response times as it relates to uh, resp uh, return, but just do it in a very concise uh, overview. <laughs> Be short, Martin. Um, Yes, so it, we looked at millions of inquiries and it turns out that, the inc that if you respond within, within a minute, you're four times, actually five times, almost five times above the average likelihood to enroll that person. And that quickly decreases to only 30% above the average likelihood if you do it in about an hour. That's intriguing. Shane, what are your thoughts on that? Well, to me, it makes perfect sense, uh, particularly in an environment where most of us are competing with others for that inquiry, right? Because like this also ties into your marketing in that if you're purchasing leads from a third party, chances are that lead is also going to your competitors, and so really first one to make contact often wins. That would be one dynamic. Even if that's not happening, you with the internet, consumers are more empowered to shop, right? And so through their own volition, they may inquire with your school, inquire with another school, inquire with another school. First one to make contact typically is going to win. And so that's, I think, one of the key arguments for immediate contact. The objection we often get when we bring this up with clients is that, oh, you know, we're going to come off as desperate, we don't want to come off as needy, we don't want to come off as salesy, which I think are legitimate concerns. 
the reality, though, is that this demonstrates superior service levels to prospects. Because I'll tell you, if I fill out a form and I want to know something, I want to know it now. I don't want to know it tomorrow or maybe never. I want somebody to help me. And so the immediate response provides the highest and best level of service possible for someone who has questions or desires to know know more about pursuing school and pursuing a new career. That applies both to the for-profit schools and the not-profit ones that are out there. So it's uh, interesting, consumer psych uh, will often refer, when people go into their consumer mode, they kind of go into their lizard brain, and they essentially behave like an angry five-year-old. And they want everything. Now, you know, you go into Best Buy for your your new computer. Um, you don't care about inventory levels in the back or whether there's a sales contest on or anything. You just want your iPad. You want it now. And you get cranky if it's not coming together. And so consumers are like petulant children. They want things now. And the, like you said, the first people that step up are the people that will create the uh, the best response. Yeah, now, there's, there's a corollary to that one, Greg, which is that the uh, I'm, I'm always shocked at how, how much we are at mercy of what we'll call, I'm going to use the word sales, sales prejudice, meaning uh, the people that are, that are doing the reaching out often come pre-wired with concerns that they're going to somehow come off in a negative way to the person who's requested information. I don't want to call right away. That's too pitchy. I don't want to uh, invite them in all the time because, you know, I don't want to come off as too aggressive. And so they, the, 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 the dysfunction in the admissions part comes out of fear, right? Fear that I'm going to come off in a negative way the desire of the prospect is to get immediate gratification, right? That petulant child you described. And there's, there's a conflict between the kind of, we'll call it sales prejudice on the admission side, I don't want to come off as needy or desperate or, or aggressive, and the desires of the prospect, those, the, they're at odds. And so part of creating improvement is to um, get rid of those objections in our team, in our department that aren't based on any, that aren't based on fact but are just based on fear and speculation and and our own baggage we bring to it now Shane uh, for our we have a special offer at the end of the call and um, what we'll touch on in a minute is uh, if people want to contact us we'll explain a little strategy on how your admissions reps can eliminate sales prejudice on the other side of the phone within 30 seconds. Uh, It's a slam dunk uh, process that's been tested and works, and it's an incredible little tool. And so we'll touch on that offer in about five minutes. Now, we have some low-tech ideas here on how to improve performance um, and I'm just going to give an overview of these, and then I'm going to go deep on one of them, and then we're going to give our offer, and then we'll stick around and informally answer questions. So 
The low-tech ideas, folks, you might want to take some notes. Uh, you want to split test outbound phone messages. Um, you want to text prospects one hour before your meetings. That will dramatically improve show rates. You want to ask for interviews, which is obvious. You want to ask a recommitment question if they just want to receive information. We'll touch on that. And this is one that Shane loves to do is you want to identify the 20 reasons you and your organization can help a prospective student. You want to write that down, and you want to read that every day and drill it into your mind because that is your inventory. That is your relevance, your reason for being. And it's amazing how you can improve conversion rates just by getting in touch with that big, deep uh, benefit list. Um, and then what Shane will speak to is you want to split, consider splitting the role of your admissions rep between the outbound callers or the appointment setters and the interviewers. Now, large corporate schools do this already. So if you're a medium-sized or smaller school, this is something to really seriously consider. And the last one is consider using a point system. So the first thing I'm going to touch on is split testing outbound phone messages. So, folks, imagine when your admissions rep folks are leaving a phone message for whatever reason. It really is a radio ad. It's a 20-second radio ad with an audience of one. And uh, if, if you accept that notion to be true, then you're in a position to split test, use the best practices of direct response marketing, and you're... Uh, you can split test that radio ad, right? It makes total sense. And so what you want to do is use one kind of a, an approach, if you will, and test how many people phone back, and then try a different approach. And through trial and error, or as we call failing fast, um, after about half a dozen renditions, you can have um, five, six, seven percent more people phoning back. Now you think one in 20, that's not a big deal, but if you t look at Martin's statistics and say that you're only getting through to 4%, you can, in theory, have double the meaningful number of conversations that you would normally have. So stick with that, double. If you can have double the number of meaningful conversations and your conversion rates can hold, you, in theory, can double the revenue of an admissions rep in a given month. And this is a real dynamic little thing that you can do that's easy to do. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to buy trainers. You just have your admissions people split test their outbound phone messages. Now, Shane, did you want to take a crack at one of these? or? Well, yeah, I'd like to talk about the um, splitting up the roles. Sure. So the beginning of this, the, you know, the, the premise for this talk was what do they do? What, what, what's typical of reps? How should, what should they do? Our belief is that the answer to that, like the answer to better performance is never work harder, you know, put more pressure on reps. It's already a super tough job, right? Being an admissions rep is a tough job. By, by and large, the people we've had the opportunity to work with over the years, they're all good people, well-intended, have a legitimate desire to help the organization and succeed. Like there's been very few negative experiences we've ever had with reps. So 
coming at them like, hey, you know, you've got to work harder, try harder, work later, is not the answer to this problem. The answer to the problem is through improvement of systems, right? And you improve systems by, adre- by accepting reality for what it is. So Martin's uh, Leads 360 is kind enough to uncover two very important pieces of reality. One, Sundays are the best days to call. Two, five to eight or nine is the best time of day to call by a long shot that is going to give you double the result you get at other times of the day and the week. So I, and I could hear, you know, I could tell on the phone immediately when I said that, no way I'm working that, we can't get people to work that, or, you know, like a bunch of logistical objections to it. The solution to that is simple. Divvy up the roles. People that are good phone people, people that are good at engaging somebody over the phone, making a meaningful connection, getting them to agree to come into a tour, even consistently asking them for a tour, and not forgetting or getting sidetracked on the call, have a specialized skill set. And finding those kind of people that are good at that work is important. Shane, it's great. So let's let's run some math on the phone very quickly. So Mm -hmm. let's say you have an appointment-setting person. You're paying them well at $3,000 a month, and they're setting up, uh, say, let's just say conservatively four meetings a day, for mm-hmm. your admissions people who are focusing on doing the interviews. And mm-hmm. so that's 80 interviews a month that you otherwise would not get. And mm-hmm. if your conversion rate is 10%, let's just say, best practice is 15%, but we'll say 10. Uh, that's eight additional enrollments uh, a month. No, no, no. No, 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 Greg. It's much better than that. Conversion rate on appointments would be more like 30%. 10% would be gross lead to appoint, uh, enrollment. Right. Okay, so there we go. So somewhere in there is a, is a significant lift in return. Well, and here's, you- here's, a, yeah, here's a super easy way to think about it. You know, assuming you're going to convert about a third conservatively of appointments to an enrollment, you could argue each appointment is worth a third of your uh, tuition. So if the average schools say the tuition is twelve grand. that appointment is, contributes $4,000 to revenue. That's what an appointment's worth that shows up. Right. So every appointment is worth $4,000 on a $12,000 certificate program. Yeah. You can adjust okay. it to whatever your tuition is. Guys, I'm going to throw in a technology thing here uh, because that's my thing. Um, a lot of schools are saying, I don't want air conditioning on the, on the Sunday. I don't want to have my office open on a Sunday. But, um, and it could be that's just because of the way we are, but our, a lot of our clients who do these off-hours, off-day enrolling have their, clients doing it, have their reps doing it from home because obviously you're not going to have the same number of people uh, reaching out to you during the week, and, and it's not going to be nearly as busy during the week as it is on the weekend. So have people available to do those uh, responses on weekends and after hours, but let them do it from home. That's a great idea. idea. Telecommuting, eh, Martin? Exactly. So you split the role. So there's the phoners that that make contact and appointment set, and then therefore can build in... Uh, can build the systems or more accommodate the systems that need to be in place to match best practice, right? 
Like, it's not realistic to ha- expect a rep who's touring students and dealing with paperwork and, and follow-ups to be able to call somebody within a minute every time because we're in meetings, right? We're yeah. busy doing admissions work. So it's okay, not realistic. Good. So, But it is realistic for a, a person who has that phone responsibility to be able to prioritize new leads and reach out to them within a minute or so. That is totally realistic. Conversely... Perfect segue to the next part of our call, and that is we are now at the point where we're going to give away a, a free offer. And, nice. Uh, and we are going to then uh, hang around and informally answer questions for people until the lights go out. So our free offer today, everybody, is that we, are, we have this um, slam dunk way to cure sales prejudice, whether you're on the phone or within an interview, and you can do so in 30 seconds. And it's going to take about 15 minutes for us to explain how this works. The first five people that either contact Paul Bertarelli to tee up a a meeting or text uh, their interest, we'll, we'll spend some time with you and your team to teach you this tool. It'll create an immediate uptake in your lead conversion Uh, a point, point and a half. So uh, the text number is, uh, you want to write this down and then text in your request. First five people, 250-888-7111. And the first five people that call in, We'll tee up for that free consulting session. Now, what I'd like to do here is um, offer uh, final words to Shane and to Martin, and then we're going to close the call and open up uh, for any people that have questions. So, Shane, any final words? Yes. Final words, I guess, or the, the ultimate path to better performance is through improvement in systems. Like the, and, and that the highest and best use of your rep's time is simply being face-to-face with people. Or if you're an online school, having meaningful, real conversations, not superficial logistical conversations. And that the, the question you want to ask yourself is, how, how can we support our reps in every way possible to enable them to get in front of more people and take off their desk stuff that does not contribute directly to their ability to uh, create or deliver appointments. And that you that the, the KPI you look at on that, the key measurement is that every appointment that's conducted is worth about four grand in contribution to revenue. And so... Good. Okay, that's, that's an that's excellent... A, yes. That's a very good insight. Now, Martin, how about yourself? My final thought is reach out to your inquiries when they want to be reached out to, not when it's convenient for your reps to work. And uh, my final uh, insight, folks, is to uh, remember when you're communicating with people, it's not about you. It's all about them. And to uh, steep your language, uh, your communication in ways that support and appeal to the nuances and the vulnerabilities of the people you're trying to serve rather than boosting your own, you know, ego and, and sense of self. 
So uh, with that little irreverent note, um, I'd like to thank people who have come to this call and say the formal part of this is over now. We will be posting the audio for this uh, and some notes uh, in about a week, uh, week and a half. And Martin and Shane and I are happy to stay on uh, for anybody that wants to follow up and ask questions. The uh, way you do that is simply press star six on your phone and then you can line up and ask questions. So thanks everybody for your time and uh, go take on the day.